And this morning, as you just saw, we are starting a brand new sermon series with the title, Prove It. Now, some of you, you're, you're uncomfortable just with the fact that the name of it is Prove It. That's not your, uh, your mentality in life, or you're like, ah, I'm not sure. Are you going to make me do something? Or, and maybe. We'll see what happens. But is there anybody in the, in the room today that uh, you know somebody that they do not ever need Prove It, like talk to them? Because they are all in. You're like, I know. In fact, I see right down here, I talked about Chi Alpha in the first service, and I see Scott right there. Scott is someone you always know where he's at, what he's thinking, what he believes in, because when he does, he's at church. Okay, I see you at church mostly, right? Church on Sunday morning, Sunday, Sundays uh, all through, whenever is needed, on Wednesday night. He's a part of it. In young adults, on Fridays, in groups, in all of these elements, because I don't need to know if Scott is connected with people and loves people. It's really, really clear. Now, then there's maybe been people that you know that they say something, but you want to know. You're like, I don't know that I feel it. Like, prove it to me. Prove it that you believe that. Prove it that you really want to go there. Prove it, whatever that thing might be. And this morning when I think of our spiritual walk, and I speak of the goodness of God, uh, I think sometimes if I'm the Lord, I might say to me or to some of us, Come on, prove it that you love me. Prove it that you want to hear my voice. Prove it that you want to say yes to me when it seems a little bit difficult. Now, God, thankfully, is very gracious with us, but he's also gracious in that he will give us a little correction. He'll move us where we should be. And this morning, we're going to begin a sermon series in the book of Ruth that I believe really kind of just opens up that door of prove it to me. Ruth is in the, the beginning portion of the Old Testament, uh, not too far in there. And it's just a short book. And in fact, I would encourage you to get your Bible, to open it up here today. But then when you're at home this week, next week, read through the book of Ruth. Maybe you even do it a couple of times. You could easily in a half hour, probably less, sit down, read through the book, uh, listen to it through version on your phone. Uh, let it become something as it's a story that would be helpful to know from beginning to end. But today we're going to specifically look at the first five verses of this book. I think we learn a lot when it comes to uh, this family and how they prove or maybe don't prove from leadership uh, how much they trust the Lord and walk in the Lord. Now first of all, before we jump in, we are going to see that sometimes life does not go as we want it to go. Anybody know, you've, you may have experienced a moment where life was a little more difficult, life was tough, maybe there was a tragedy, maybe there was a situation where you're like, oh my goodness. In fact, maybe right now you are walking through where you're like, Lord, I think I've come as far as I can go. Like, no more. Don't, please don't throw any other thing on me. Uh, you know, we like to say uh, the whole that God won't test us uh, past what we can handle sort of thing. Eh, I'm not sure. God will help us through anything, so therefore that's kind of a, a moot point. But Lord, I'm at that point. Like, no more. Please, Jesus. Um, but th this family right here, as we're going to read, it was a little bit rough, just to say the least. So Ruth chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man of Bethlehem and Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. Famine. That, that doesn't sound like any fun. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife was Naomi. As we go, we see he has 
two sons. It says they were from uh, were Ephratites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. They lived there about ten years, and both Mahalan and Chilion died so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Now, when we begin to look and uh, just kind of take a look at this, I think we can know in life that there are simply some hidden dangers. There's things that pop up that we have to navigate, that we have to work through, and there are dangers that pop right to the surface in verse 1. First from maybe family problems from cultural sources. It starts with in the days of the judges. And in fact, I think Judges 21-25 lays out a great commentary on what the days of the judges look like. Just a few words. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. If you see that line, that is what is being said. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. In fact, as I was looking and thinking about it, maybe we feel like we can possibly relate to what's going on. Everybody does what's right. Culturally, everybody does what's right. In the world, it seems like everybody does what's right in their own eyes, not according to the word of God. Chaos happens in those moments. There's cultural things that bring problems to families and to the church. There's problems from natural forces that they experience. In verse 1, still, there was a famine in the land. There was a famine, or I think we could say there was a pandemic in the land, right? There's, there's cultural things. Everyone's doing whatever they want to do. There's famine or there's a pandemic, and all of a sudden I'm like, I am in this story. This is for us. This is us today. And then there's another thing that these natural forces, these cultural sources, is there's personal choices. And I'm going to be honest with you, I prefer cultural things and I prefer just things that happen because if you didn't know, the pandemic or the famine or the issue or the sickness, they just strike sometimes. And we don't understand why. And it doesn't mean that we're living in sin or that we've done something wrong or that we need to fix something. Although any time in my life, Lord, if there is, help me. But God, he's not punishing us. There's just things that happen in a sin-filled world. But then personal choices, that brings it home right to us. Uh, I think if we are honest, every one of us could point to, uh, we could get a mic up and everyone could throw a few personal choices that you've made that were not the best. And then next Sunday we could have nobody back if we did that. But we could all do it, right? We could all come up with a personal choice and, or two or ten or a whole list of them and say, looking back, if I wouldn't have done this or if I would have changed this or if I would have maybe, maybe uh, adjusted that, my life would look a little bit different. And there's also personal choices of people around us where sometimes some of those cultural things, some of those just normal things of life get in no matter what. But Elimelech, he had circumstances. He had four mouths to feed, or to feed during the time of this famine. And so he made the choice, we're going to leave this land and we're going to go back to Moab. We're going to go back to this place where we were brought from. In fact, just for some, some background on that, in Genesis 19.37, Lot uh, left Sodom. His daughters got him drunk and became impregnated by him. The name of the child born of the oldest daughter was Moab. For Elimelech, 
to leave his inheritance where God has taken them from and now put them in the place in Canaan to be where they were in the land of, of what the inheritance was, to leave that and to go back to the past, to go back from where they were taken from. I think we could relate to kind of backsliding almost, leaving the inheritance of God and doing the thing that we've always done or where we're comfortable. In this case, you might say, well, I have a family to feed or I have a situation or I've got something I have to do. And I believe there's something we learn when we realize that God wants to move and he wants to speak and he wants to show up in the midst of our problems, in the midst of our pain sometimes and our suffering, in the midst of a famine, in the midst of what's going on around us. The question that I have is do we and are we trusting God to bring us through? Are we taking him at his word going step by step in who he has us to be? Now this morning, I have this ladder up here. And as I think about it, and as I've been praying, I believe that the Lord does something for us. He gives us steps along the way. Now, we would much rather, in fact, let's just throw it out there. How many of you online, you can throw up a hand on there as well in comments, in the room. How many of you do not like a ladder? Like if I asked you to climb to the top of that ladder, you'd be like, no, thank you. Yeah, all over the room. I'm sure online as well. You're like, there's a bunch of you. Much rather just have the flat ground, maybe some stairs. This looks better. But there's times in our life when we get to a situation that we don't really like. Right? There's a time in our life when we have to climb the stairs or the ladder. There's a time in our life, I've been there, when we have a scaffolding that goes from the floor all the way up to those lights. And you're standing five stories high, which would be about 26 feet. And you're reaching up inside that ceiling, almost grabbing the beam because you're not quite tall enough still. And you might even put a chair on top of it and drop it off and almost kill your dad. But that's a whole nother story for another day. (laughs) Where you've got obstacles that you have to come across. And in your life, you know that there are obstacles that come, whether you like it or not. There's a moment when a ladder is needed. Now, for some of us, we should hire people to do the ladder things at our home right? Some of you, in fact, are shaking your head like, yeah, that's me. I'm just going to hire it. But in our life, we can't just hire out our problems when something comes and say, okay, I'm going to get to the other side. But God does something gracious that even when there's a problem, he gives us a step. And I can do pretty well with one foot and then another foot step. Like, that's pretty easy. Most of us, if we had to, could get to the top. I'm not saying stand on the top Dad or I might try that in a a crazy day, but just at least get up to the top and be there. But we do something that kind of throws God's plan off, that our family problems are there because we have maybe a family premise that is not right. And our problem with our problem is that you cannot move away from them. Have you ever been in a place where you really just want to leave your problems and maybe in the church world, it might be, you know what, I'm going to go from this church to this church, not because God has called me to something or, or moving me in a, a spiritual way, but because I don't like someone or I don't like something or I messed up. So instead of fixing the problem, we just move. But uh, you know what the problem is? You're going to bring it with you. You know why? Because you're there. You're there. So you, if the problem's around you and you move, the problem comes with you. And all of a sudden we're in this place. But when our premise gets off, as it did, I believe, with Elimelech and what we can learn, is that we could be in a place where we totally disregard God, where we say, I'm done. And guess what? We're in trouble in our walk with God at that point. That is no good. 
We could be in a place where we begin to limit our commitment to God. Where we begin to say, you know what, I'm good. I'm going to maybe come to church at least once or twice a month or maybe even three times. Um, I read my Bible back in 2020 or 2019, so I write, read my Bible. That's pretty regularly, once or twice a year. I, you know, I pray. I went to a prayer meeting one time, and it was really, it was good, so I'm good. You know, we can come and we can compartmentalize and limit what God is doing. And all of a sudden, we're like, Lord, you have part of me. So we begin to compartmentalize. We begin to say, Lord, you might even get all of some areas of my life. You might get all of me. Or maybe in a few times, maybe Sunday morning, I'm going to give you everything and I'm going to worship you and I'm either even going to tithe. But Lord, when I get out of the parking lot, I'm leaving it. I'm good. I'm compartmentalizing. I love you at church. I love you all week long, but I just don't really want a friend to know that. Or I don't want someone, right? And we can begin to do that. Or we begin to say, Lord, I want you to move in my life, but I really, really like my movies or my tongue and I like gossiping or I like talking with people in a way I shouldn't or there are all of these things in our life, anything that would go against the word, we can compartmentalize and say, I'm really good, maybe on 90% or 95 even, but that little bit, it's, it's mine. I'm, I'm good. It could be so easy to let the premise of our life mess us up because your premise, it goes with you because you're there, which means you must deal with it. I believe that we can learn from this, that Elimelech, he decided not to use the steps that God gave him, but to use the other side, which is our side, which is, Lord, I'm just going to kind of make it happen. Now, before there was a good number who said, no, thank you. How many would like to climb to the top of the ladder now? You feel comfortable? Specifically, just know, dad can say, this ladder is like the most wobbly ladder. I don't know why it is, but somehow it is. Who, would, who thinks this would be fun? You would just want to do this? Okay, these two girls right here. And, oh, three girls. So you have one more person in the first service. There are four. So there's four young people who their whole brain isn't working yet at this age of their life. And so uh, that's where we're at. You'll get it. It'll work. It's, it's just a timing thing. No worries. But, right, we say no thank you. People that are on the ladder, maybe you've tried before because it just happens to be there, and you begin to climb the ladder on this side. And number one, I will say I tested out beforehand because I didn't want to step on this and just break. Because there's some wooden ladders, you step on the wrong side of the ladder and it's not going to do anything because it will just simply break. So I'm not going to climb to the top. But this is way more difficult and it's, it's not sturdy. Why? Because to do it, you have to pull yourself up. And this ladder is not made to walk up the opposite side. And God has not made you, he's not made me to live life where we are doing it on our own. He's not called us to go back to where we were. He's calling us to stay and to walk in faith in where he's called us to be. And then to move forward from that place to where he has called us, not to where I say, well, it's greener over there. It looks easier over there. There's some food over there even. Things that are big, but Lord Jesus, would I go back or you've already delivered, you've already given. This is the land of my inheritance. So Lord, I trust you that where you've placed me, you will sustain me. That where you put me, I will be able to accomplish what you have called me to do and who you have called me to be. I will become there. This side of the ladder simply does not work. You know what is amazing every once in a while? In fact, all the time, it seems like God is great. We try to do this, and somehow he may even, we said this a couple weeks ago, he may even bless your striving, and somehow you get to a place, it's like, how, how's God used me, or you, or someone, when we're doing it on the wrong side? Because he's, he's amazingly gracious to us. 
But there's a moment where we have to realize, do I want to struggle with my life because I'm doing it on my own, back where I've already been delivered from, and that's where I'm living? Or do I say, Lord, I am going to turn this thing around, and I'm going to walk in the steps you've given me, and when the mountain arises, I've got the path, I've got the step, and I'm simply going to take one step after another, after another. Which means, Lord, when a sickness comes in my home, it might mean I have to go to a doctor and I have to do this. But you know what else I'm doing is I'm praying. I'm letting you move. And Lord, you heal, you restore, you make new. I'm going to believe you are my physician. And if you choose to use a medical doctor, praise the Lord. We're all for it. But Lord, you don't have to use no medical doctor because you heal. You make new. You can do it in a moment. So I'm going to trust you. I'm going to rely on you. I'm going to take the steps you give me. And I love it when God chooses just to do warp speed and pass us from the bottom to the top and jump over top. Anybody ever had God do that in your life? A miracle or a move, come on, all over the room that you say, yes, God's taken me, not step by step. Sometimes he, he moves us forward in a way we just can't imagine. On Wednesday night, we heard a testimony of cancer being removed and the doctor being like, I don't know. There's nothing else. I don't have any answer. God does it over and over and over again. More often we see, Lord, I'm going to take a step. And you've put step two right here in a place I can do it. And I'm going to take another step. And I'm going to take another step. And I'm going to take another step. And Lord, you've got me. You love me. You hold me. We must deal with the problems in our life, and we must deal with the premises that mess us up and that get us off track. Church, I want you to know that where God has brought you from, he does not want you to return. I can just speak it in there. Your spiritual walk, where you've been, he's not looking for you to go back and struggle and struggle and struggle and be there. He's looking for us to move forward. He's looking us to walk with the Holy Spirit, to be where he's called us to be. In this story, we see that there are problems, there's pain, there's death. And it said that they were sojourners in the land, which means that they were supposed to go and then they were supposed to come back. They weren't supposed to stay. They weren't supposed to live there. But 10 years later, death has happened. They've married other people that they wouldn't have been probably supposed to marry. They're in this situation and it's because of choices that took them back to where they were. And today I speak life over you, over your decisions, over who you are. God has made you. He has created you. He has brought you out. And he might be in the process of still bringing you out. But he's definitely leading you to the next step of growth that he has for you. Church, I am so thankful that as we continue to look through Ruth, we see a couple of things. We see that there's a family promise. There's something that goes beyond our choices and our decisions, that goes beyond just what we are, and that God holds our inheritance. He holds us because he is good. He loves you. And even when we mess up and when we don't go the right way, today you have the opportunity to turn your ladder around. You have the opportunity to turn your road around. You have the opportunity to say, I will not use this anymore. I'm not going to do it on my own strength, my own power, my own understanding. But Lord, give me the road. Give me the step. And I will do it. I will take it. And I'm going to begin. Today is your day. It is better to have less in Canaan with God than to have more in Moab without God. And I just want that to be a word today. It's a whole lot better to be with God and say, maybe my money looks a little different, which might mean, church, 
A job is great, and a promotion is great, and a job in another state is great, but it's not great if it's not where God is leading you and where he's putting your inheritance. Because if so, then we'll have all the stuff we can have, and we might have a boat or a house or whatever all those things are, but we will not be where he's called us to be. And we find ourselves just like this story where everything doesn't work, even though it was supposed to be better. It was supposed to be greater. And it's not, Lord, what's the next big thing I can have? But Lord, where's the next place you are calling me? Let me be in your inheritance. Let me be in Canaan where you have placed me. And that inheritance is there. He loves you. He holds you. And if you feel like you've blown it, if you feel like you can never make it, if you feel like it's over, God is not the God of over. He's not the God of can't make it. He's not the God of you've messed up and it's done. He's the God that holds your inheritance out for you. Just like the prodigal son when he finally returned home from slopping and eating pig food. Guess what his father did? Brought him in, killed the fattened calf, had a feast for him, restored him. Why? Because our father loves us and he cares for us. And today he holds out his hand. He holds out his hand and says, simply say yes to me. He's got your promise. The question today is, will we say yes to his best? Will we say yes to that next step? Will we say yes, Lord Jesus? I don't want to do it in my own way, my own thought, my own plan, my own understanding anymore. But God, today I'm going to take the step that you've called me to take. And I believe that when we do as individuals, when we do as a church, that's when we start planting campuses. That's when we start even doing uh, worship CDs and we start sending out albums and we let people praise God in, in a worship setting. We let people praise God through the word. We let people praise God and bring a Pentecostal perspective to a community that needs the love of Jesus over and over and over again because we say, Lord, I'm not going to get ahead of you. I'm not going to get behind you. I'm just going to say yes to the step you have. I'm going to say yes when the moment's right. I'm going to say yes as you lead. And church, that's what we are called to do. He's got you. He loves you. He has the best for you. And we're going to look in the rest of Ruth. And God works miracles. God works amazing plan. And that's what he's going to do in your life. But it starts with Lord Jesus. I'm going to commit to you. I'm going to commit to the step. And it might get scary. And for some people to think of being on step three or four or five or getting up towards the top, you might be like, I don't even know if I can do that. But with God, he doesn't just throw you up there and hope for the best. He will hold you. He will help you. He will encourage you. And when you can't do it, he'll give you a boost. He'll do what it takes today to say you can do it. You can make it because he's got a plan for you. This morning, church, if you uh, come and maybe... Maybe church isn't your normal thing. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. I want you to know that there is a God in heaven who sent his son Jesus to this earth. He died on a cross sinless as your sacrifice. He loves you. He took your pain, your suffering, your issues, your problems, the things you've done that have been hurtful to people or to yourself. He took them upon himself and he died for you because he loves you. When he did, he went to hell. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. He took the keys to you and said, come on, come be with me. And all he wants is for you to come to him. He wants to offer you eternal life. He wants to offer you friendship. He wants to be your Lord and move in your life. And I encourage you today, if you've never given your life to Jesus or you're not actively pursuing him, would you this morning ask him, Lord, forgive me of my sin. In your own words, forgive me of my sin. 
make me new. I turn from my wicked ways from the past and I repent. I give it all to you. Church, the Bible says that all of heaven rejoices when one comes to know him. When you say yes to him, heaven has a party. Heaven starts to get excited. And you know who else does? Your family right here, your church. We love when one person comes to know him. One more for Jesus is what we are all about. I would encourage if you're not walking with him, if you're not giving him in your all today, would you offer yourself to him in this moment? And church family, we're going to take the next 15, 20, who knows, minutes and say, God, would you speak? Would you move? Would you show yourself? Would you do what only you can do? Because I don't want to be using the backside of a ladder. I don't want to be trying to climb over the mountain, the issue, the problem, the sickness, the relationship problem, the, the physical thing, or maybe the, the, uh, the money and trying to figure out what to do. Lord, I don't want to do it on my own anymore. Give me the step. So today, could we listen for the Lord individually? Maybe today God would in fact have you give a word. Maybe come see me right up here at the front. Maybe it's something that should be shared with the group. Maybe it's something that you should hear the Lord on. And maybe you're called to go talk to the person sitting next to you. Or encourage someone on the other side. If you're online, maybe you need to put something in the comments of Facebook, what God is doing or a scripture. Today, let's let God move. In our first service, right at the end, Pastor Ashley, she just felt that God uh, gave her a word about new wineskins. It is time. We can't put old, our new wine in old wineskins. We have to, to stir something up within us. It's time to get new wineskins. And could we be refilled with the Holy Spirit today and let Him move and speak and guide and direct us? It's time, church. It's time to push on. We're going to be focusing on giving God space to move and to speak today. And as we move forward, God wants to move and He wants to speak in your life. Sunday morning, but so that we can hear him and learn to grow on Monday morning and on Tuesday morning and on Wednesday afternoon when something difficult comes. He loves you. He offers you the step. He offers you the next step. Today, let's go after him. So Lord, we praise you, God, that we get to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that we get to lift up your name and that you hold our inheritance. And when, when we have problems or a premise that gets us off track, Lord, we can know that your promise remains. All we have to do is say yes to your best. Lord, and I pray today that we would do that. Let us hear your truth. Let us hear your word. Let us hear what you have for us as a church family, as individuals, God, to lead our homes, to be leaders in the places that we work, in the places that we go, God. We worship you right now we pray that you would speak and that as we praise you it would be sweet to you and that you God would pour out your presence pour out your spirit in us so good church if you would would you just stand if you're at home if you're in the room would you stand would you make where you are a place of prayer or maybe come find a place at the altar come kneel before the Lord whatever that looks like make where you are an altar as we worship as we pray as we seek what the Lord is going to do and how he's going to move this morning Let's go after him, church.